Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you're listening to the Midlife Best Podcast, and this is episode 053. On today's episode, we're going to talk about decision-making, but before we do, I just want to remind you that I would love to hear from you by email, and that address is heather at midlifebest.com. So, on to episode 53. Um, By the way, I mentioned last week, so episode 52, I said, well, we have to be getting close to the one-year mark because it's episode 52 and I broadcast one time a week, so it actually was. I looked back and my first podcast was April 6th of 2018, and I can't believe it's already been a year. Um, Also, I thought I started in May, so I didn't even remember, but I looked back and it was April, and... Wow. Thank you. If you've been listening for the past year, thank you. If you're new, thank you. I still have a very small listenership, but I'm very grateful for people who give me their time. And I'm glad that I have the opportunity to share my thoughts and hopefully say things that are helpful to others because it really helps me to think through some of these topics. So today's episode is about making good decisions and how do we approach that process? Now, as a junior high teacher, I can tell you sometimes kids just do not make good decisions, but sometimes adults don't either. So we can't expect 12, 13, 14 year olds to think like adults. But at some point as kids get older and as we get older, we we refine that process and we know what works for us. Some of us make fast decisions and we stick to it and that's it and other ones agonize. Now, I've always said, and I don't know why, I have a harder time with the small decisions than I do with big decisions. So making a decision to change jobs and move has in a lot of instances in life, and I've done that several times, um, we've made those decisions without a lot of stress and agony Whereas much smaller decisions um, seem to be super difficult for me sometimes. And I have no idea why. And it's interesting because I'll think about even groceries. I mean, even what brand to buy, I'll stand there in the aisle and I'll read the labels. Um, or if I'm going to get a pair of shoes or a jacket, I mean, something I'll, I'll look at reviews and I'll think about it a lot longer than some kind of big life decision Um, or buying a car or something like that is easier for me, it seems like. But I've been talking with my, um, one of my kids about making decisions because my kids are making these college and life big decisions. Do I go away to school? Do I stay home? Um, You know, how do we approach this kind of a decision? And Like I said, with my students, they're younger than my own children. And sometimes you just have to, they do stupid things and then they'll be really mature the next day and do something really smart. And you just have to say, well, that's the age they are. But as with my own kids, I've had to look at how do we teach how to make good decisions? And then for ourselves, how do we do that? How do we weigh, a lot of us say, well, I just go on gut instinct, but how do we really weigh what's important and what's not in decision making? And so for my own son, I said to him, well, here are the two things that, that I would suggest to you in making a big college decision. 
first of all, pray about it because I truly do believe that God has a plan for our lives and that he knows us better than anyone. And so if we pray about it, now to me, that means asking guidance. And that kind of prayer would probably be a conversational kind of prayer. So what that would look like for me personally would be, God, I know you have a plan for me. Please show me the parts to that plan when I need to know them. Show me what steps to take. Open the right doors and close the the wrong doors or the doors that aren't the best so that I can go forward, serve you, and be in your purpose for my life and be the best that I should be. Something like that would be my prayer. Now, I know everybody's personal life and prayer life is different, so I'm not going to dictate how you should pray, of course, but I'm saying that I believe seeking guidance and wisdom from God is, for me, it's that first big step in in any kind of a really major decision. And then I said, now that's the first part of the decision, but now the second part is, is the logic part. We already normally know, I believe, how we feel in our heart about something, how we feel in our gut. But because I tend to be analytical, at least for me, I like to work some things out on paper or weigh the pluses and minuses. And a way that I thought was interesting and something that I had read uh, read in the past, but I actually had to look it up when I was making this suggestion, is the Ben Franklin decision-making technique. So Ben Franklin, who we know kind of did a lot of things, including inventing and writing and politics and all kinds of stuff. Um, Ben Franklin had a quotation and I found this online yesterday and this is what I wanted to share with you and this is what I shared with my own child. And here's what Ben Franklin said. My way is to divide half a sheet of paper by a line into two columns, writing over the one pro and over the other con. Then, During three or four days' consideration, I put down under the different heads short hints of the different motives that at different time occur to me, for or against the measure. When I have thus got them all together in one view, I endeavor to estimate their respective weights, and where I find two, one on each side, that seem equal, I strike them both out. If I judge some two reasons, con, equal to some three reasons pro, I strike out five. And thus proceeding, I find where the balance lies. And if after a day or two of further consideration, nothing new that is of importance occurs on either side, I come to a determination accordingly. End of quotation. And that's Benjamin Franklin. So we all know how to make a pro and con list. But what he does that's interesting, and I found... Uh, a template on um, theartofmanliness.com, and I'm sure there are other templates out there, but essentially he is just making a pro and con list to start with. But here are some of the points that Ben Franklin made, and I, I wanted to share these today because I thought it was a very good refresher, even for me, about how to approach decisions rationally, calmly, without a lot of drama, just thinking. And so the prayer part is first, and the emotional part for me is always there because I'm emotionally, I emotional and I feel things strongly, but, but the logic part I love. 
and it all flows together. But what he's saying is more than just pros and cons. For one thing, he takes time, but not too much time. So instead of spending months agonizing over some kind of a decision, he says he takes three or four days to keep thinking of the pros and the cons. Now, I don't know if he revisits them at uh, you know, morning and night or whether it's just he keeps the paper out. Uh, it kind of sounds to me like he keeps the paper out. And then as these thoughts come to him, he puts down the pros and the cons over several days. So then he has a time when he sits down and he does a logical kind of point system or weighing system. Now I have in the past seen this, that literally it is a point system. So he numbers things maybe one to 10, but it doesn't say in this narrative, if that's exactly what he does, but he does weigh them. And he says that he says, I endeavor to estimate the respective weights. And so what he's saying is looking at the pros and cons, if you have a small thing, that's a pro and a small thing, that's a con in making a decision, you just mark them both out. They, they kind of canceled each other out. So, um, for example, if you're saying, should I buy an SUV or should I buy a van? And one of them has a small pro, like I like the cup holders and another one has a small pro, like, um, the sun visors are better. I mean, something that's really not that significant. Okay. Or, or yeah, one has a pro and one has a con like, um, you're canceling out. So that doesn't matter. But then, and I guess he's saying you're not, he's not as much comparing two different jobs as he's uh, comparing one decision. So should I, should I, I don't know, should I take this trip or should I um, invest in this certain business, maybe something like that. But to me and what I've seen online, it works when you're making decisions that have multiple options as well. So anyway, whatever cancels itself out, you cross them out, the, a pro and a con. But if you have what he's saying is two reasons con and three reasons pro that he seems to balance, you cross out all of them until what you get is the things that are the most important factors. And he weighs those and he's saying, look at what really matters to you. So if in taking a job or if in going back to school midlife, one thing is the most important factor, then you have to weigh that or two or three things. You have to weigh those things more in your decision. And I look back when I decided almost midlife, I you know was in my late thirties when I went back to school, I have to look back and I say, okay, what, what was the most important thing? Well, I knew that I had to have a better schedule. I knew that I had to have something that definitely I felt I would be able to find a job. I needed something that had good benefits, that had a decent salary, that had decent retirement. I mean, there were a lot of things that went into it, but I also needed something that matched my personality something that I felt uh, would fulfill me, something that I felt was a good and right thing to do with my life. And so when I was trying to make that decision at that time, again, I didn't agonize over it, but it was pretty clear to me that going back to school for me was the right thing. Now, I would say the biggest drawback 
besides the time, which I was totally willing to invest, um, the biggest drawback was the money. It was so expensive to go back to school and I borrowed a lot of money to do it. And that was the biggest drawback, but all of the pros strongly for me outweighed the cons. And I think that's why I have not regretted the decision. I have been glad that I did it and it was the right thing for me. But for so many people, going back to school is not a good decision. I've talked about this several times on the podcast because the pros don't outweigh the cons because they can't afford it. They don't have the time and there isn't necessarily a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, meaning a job. And they're going back to school because they don't know what to do or they're bored or something is happening in their life that feels out of control or bad. And going back to school seems like a way to either procrastinate and buy themselves time or make themselves feel busy and productive even when they're not really because um, they're not actually going forward in their career, but it just seems like it makes them feel better. So Um, And I'm not being harsh, I'm just being honest. But this decision-making process is interesting. So then he says, Ben Franklin, back to Ben Franklin's method, he says then he figures out the balance. He figures out what decision looks like the winner, the right decision. But then he says, he gives it another day or two. Now again, not six months, but another day or two of further consideration. He's waiting to see if anything else comes up that he hasn't already considered, that he hasn't already thought about and put on his pro-con list. And so he says, and back to the quotation, to repeat that part, he says, quote, and if after a day or two of further consideration, nothing new that is of importance occurs on either side, I come to a determination accordingly. End of quote. And so it's interesting because he still gives himself kind of a little, maybe a little kind of buffer or a little zone of time to make sure and, and sit with that decision and sleep on it. Because isn't that the old wisdom? Sleep on it, sleep on it a day or two and then make your final decision. Um, now I add something that I have not heard from Ben Franklin and I don't know where I ever got this, but for years I've made a pretend decision. So what I do is when I really am trying to decide something, um, I will pretend based on, on again, the gut feeling, the logic, all of it, but, um, I'll pretend that I've made my, my decision and say it's to take a job. So I'll say, all right, I'm going to pretend for the next day or so that, that I'm definitely doing this. And I do sleep on it that way, pretending that, yep, this is what I'm going to do. And I see how it feels and how my mind works with that decision. Now, remember that throughout this whole process for me and for the way that I've always done it, yes, I'm continuing to pray. I'm continuing to ask guidance. I'm continuing to thank God that he'll help me to make the right decision and that he'll support me in what I'm doing. But I also believe that sometimes it's not necessarily right or wrong. Sometimes you have many options and I, and I don't think God's mad at you if you choose, you know, door A, B, or C. And I don't think that any of them is bad, but maybe there's one that's the best. 
and maybe maybe you aren't quite sure 100% which one that is. So what I do is I make this pretend decision and I see how it feels and pretty quickly it usually comes to me, yeah, that that feels like really peaceful and it it just seems like that's the decision that I always knew all along. But other times I'll make that decision, I'll go, nope, that wasn't the one that I wanted to make. I wanted to make the other decision or, you know, I wanted to pick door B and I chose door C. Um, But because it's just a pretend decision and I haven't even said it to anyone yet, then it's easy for me to make that adjustment, sit with that, but not overanalyze because if I let myself do that, I would never make any decisions. So, you know, it has to be made within a reasonable period of time. Now, yes, of course, if you're married, you talk to your spouse. If you're going to take a new job in another city or buy a car or buy a house, of course. But there are a lot of times when even even married or even older in life, you know, we just have to figure things out. And trying to teach that process to teenagers is a challenge. And I think we try to model good decisions. We try to model perseverance and we try to show them hey, this is when I've made decisions that weren't perfect and this is what came out of it. And, you know, this is an example of when I've made a pretty good decision and how it turned out. So we try to live by example and we try to teach with words, but also with our actions and we do the best we can. And I know they will make the best decisions they can. And we have to remember that we're older and we're wiser and we've lived longer, but we still Although we might have more life experience than our teenagers or my students, we don't know everything and we can't always make their decisions for them, but we ourselves are also still learning. And I know that I'm always learning, always improving, and always you know, looking for my next big thing in life and trying to figure that out. And so I'm not sure if any of you are facing big decisions personally or whether it's maybe that you are helping others make some big decisions, but I just felt like this was a topic. It was on my mind and it was a good thing to share this week. So I hope it has been that for you. Again, the website where I got the Ben Franklin information is theartofmanliness.com and um, and the rest of that, it's public knowledge. I mean, Ben Franklin's writings are out there, so it's easy to find a lot of, of information if you just Google it. But yeah, email me and let me know what kind of decision-making process were you taught? Is that still what you use now as an adult, as an older adult who has some life experience? Um, and if you are teaching or you have your own kids or nieces and nephews or, or whatever, how do you teach people how to make good decisions? So with that, I hope you have a wonderful week full of great decisions and uh, hopefully some relaxation too as we get into an interesting middle of April where parts of the country are going to have major snowstorms and parts of the country are having 80 degree weather. So it is spring, but it's a little crazy out there. So I hope you stay warm and dry and safe And I will talk to you again soon. Take care.